My name is Mark Viquez, and this is the Ballpark Hunter Podcast, a weekly show that discusses topics at the ballpark from the game day experiences, stadium news, logo changes, and everything else that's brewing at the game. We cover it all from the baseball to the beer. Invite you to stay tuned and hope you enjoy. Welcome, welcome to the Ballpark Hunter Podcast. This is Mark Fika, is your host, and with me today is John Jackamick, owner of the Illinois Valley Pistol Shrimp, a summer collegiate baseball club in the Prospect League. John, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me, Mark. I appreciate it. All right. Now, I have to tell you, I really love this name. I love the logo. I think it's perfect for baseball. It's fantastic. The colors, combos. However, how many times did you have to explain to someone what a pistol shrimp is and do they believe uh, you? It's, it's, it's an almost daily conversation, but that actually, to be honest with you, is, is, is partly by design. Yes. Uh, it's kind of a little bit of a learning curve because, uh, uh, put it this way, three years ago, I'd never heard of a pistol shrimp. So I don't have an expectation that the everyday fan who comes across our baseball club will know what a pistol shrimp is. So a very common reaction is, is it real? What's a pistol shrimp? Is it a real thing? And people on their own will, will invariably go to the internet and they'll do a search for it. And lo and behold, they'll find out that it's actually a real marine animal. It's yes. a real creature, which is for me is all part of the fun, all part of the learning curve that there's a little bit of a story behind it. So for me, it, it's actually, it's a conversation starter, uh, you know, just uh, uh, which leads to, it's actually a pretty cool story. No, exactly, because I was the one of many who looked it up. And if you don't know what a pistol shrimp is to the audience out there, it's uh, one of the most powerful creatures on Earth, using its clever anatomy to kill its enemies with an 8,000-degree jet-propelled bubbles. So that giant claw stuns its prey, knocks That's him it. out, and he goes and picks up it and eats falls it. falls about one inch and eats it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean... I think your team and Jacksonville came up with uh, a shrimp name around the same time. And maybe you guys a little bit after. Yep, and, we're a little yeah. A little bit after it, you know, I, I think having a type of uh, shrimp as your logo works for both uh, cities. It's uh, it's a, like I said, I love this logo and I'm curious who created it. So, uh, although in, in, so Jacksonville, they're, they're actually a jumbo shrimp. It's a different species than, yes. uh, than the pistol shrimp. So, so, yeah. so we're Dif- so different lawyers, species of shrimp. Off. Yes. Lawyers, you can back off. It's all good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Different so, shrimp. Uh, the, uh, the logo, um, and actually the, the, uh, the, the, how we came up with the pistol shrimp is actually a good story because when we first started and we were awarded a franchise in the prospect league, uh, you know, one of the edicts from the league is you've got to pick a name that's not used by any professional or sports team, hockey yes. team, basketball team, obviously baseball team. So which all makes sense. And I'm like, yeah, 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 that makes sense. But as you start to go down the list of what well, makes sense for us, there's enough wildcats out there that, you know, you really need to be the wildcats. There's, there's plenty of those with all due respect to the wildcats. Uh, and part of it is from a marketing standpoint, if you look at minor league baseball, it's all about the fun and the catchy name. And does the logo make sense? You know, if you're the trash city pandas, that's kind of cool, right? A trash, they're the raccoons. Mm-hmm. Well, trash city pandas is going to sell more than the raccoons. So you start to get with your team and figure out 
what's going to make sense. And then the, the logical progression when you start to talk to fans is and think about it, is you want to pick something that's germane to your area. So originally we're in an area that was uh, a lumber area and a fur trapping area, but lumber kings are around, lumberjacks are around, mm -hmm. the trappers. So you then you start to get frustrated to say, oh my God, we're we're actually there's not a whole lot of names that are gonna be super unique. We've got to get creative. I stumbled across an article online oh. uh, written by a sports writer uh, probably five or six years ago. And he had he wrote down 10 mascot names that he thought were pretty cool that were not being used by any team. So we grabbed three or four of those and with some other ones that we were looking at, and we put it out in some focus groups, both from young kids, uh, uh, people in their 20s as well as parents and pistol shrimp was one of them along there's a handful of other kind of creative ones and fun ones the pistol shrimp name outpolled in every test group we did five to one three to one four to wow. one so it's obvious okay we got something there and we so we we, we hired a uh, a brand design firm out of chicago they helped us with the logo crafted the logo and uh, they wanted to take, you know, to you're talking about earlier, like the meanest and the loudest, meanest animal, you know, the 6,000 degrees Celsius and temperature <laughs> of the sun. So they kind of had the mean look to the pistol shrimp. Um, so that's where that's where the logo came from. And, and the cool thing, Mark, is three years into it. I know we hit a home run with the logo in the name, because to, even to this point, we're you know, obviously we're based in Illinois. 40% of our merchandise sales come from outside of, outside of the state of Illinois. So it's the kid in Texas who likes the hat, likes the logo, wants a t-shirt. So, um, so that part has been a lot of fun for us. And it's hit, it's hit on our point of trying to have something that's fun, innovative. And also, and again, like I said earlier, when you actually go down and look up what a pistol shrimp is and realize, oh, it's not some made up thing. No. There's actually a pretty cool history about it. No, it's it's fascinating. You're thinking, wow, this is this is a pretty kick-ass type of uh, shrimp. Yeah. And um, you know the, the the what they say the fastest straw in the sea. I think I've heard that before. So exactly. yes. yes. Yeah. It's, so forty percent of merchandise is sold outside of uh, Illinois. Uh, all states, uh, international. Uh, mainly, yeah, all state. I mean, you know, we probably had some international, but basically, it's yeah. been. You know, and they're, you know, they're, they're, they're baseball fans, you know, that's, yeah. you know, that's our industry and their baseball, just like people, which to be honest with you, when I got into this business uh, three years ago, I didn't have any idea. There's a whole cottage industry behind pocket schedules. If you think about oh, yeah. pocket schedules, we get 15 to 25 requests every year from all over the country. Fans love to collect pocket schedules from different like different teams or they want to collect all the pocket schedules in the prospect league uh you know and i never even thought twice about it but there's a market for that people like that stuff i i could attest to that uh 30 years ago when i was a kid i would send letters to all the minor league and major league teams yeah requesting pocket schedules yeah. and then all of a sudden internet came along made it a lot easier but um yeah when i travel and i travel to a lot of ballparks and a lot of cities I'm always looking for a pocket schedule. I yep. don't co collect them as much as I used to, but I have friends. I know people. And yes, it's, it's a big thing. I, I was looking at some pocket schedules the other day. I, I think from 1980, 1994, 
I was looking, I want, for some reason, I was trying to look up a certain team and uh, what their schedule was like. And, and I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. I have that pocket schedule downstairs. So I, you know, just open up the bin and, and they're all in pristine condition. So yeah, it's awesome. still, a, it's still a thing now do when people request, is it self do, do you charge them for the shipping or do you send it out? You know, we, we do a little both because, because what you hit on is the guys that were doing it back in the day would sell, would send the self-addressed stamp. Yes. Down, right. And I'm not sure, you know, depending on what demographic we're li- that's listening to the podcast, a lot of people aren't even going <laughs> to, what, what self-addressed stamp. Oh, envelope? we're that I, age already. Up, but yeah. It, for you, but, but yeah. So, and that's, we'll get some that send the self-addressed stamped envelope and others will just send the request and, you know, yeah. we'll, We'll, we'll send it when we when we happen to be walking by the post office. Yeah, no, and sometimes some teams will throw in a program, some stickers. Yep. Oh, it's yep. like Christmas waiting for the mail. Now, all I get is uh, bills. So times have changed. <laughs> times have changed for me. So you you saw this list, and I think Dennis, uh, I think the commissioner told me that you looked at a list. What were some of the other names you toyed around with? God, there was there was. It wasn't blue marlin, but there was like blue lagoon. There was a, mm-hmm. a blue barracuda. Blue barracuda was the one, the other one that that uh, I remember because it 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 pulled fairly, you know, yeah. mainly came in second. But um, uh, it, you know, it's got it's, you know four years ago now. I forget a lot of these names. But and the interesting thing about that is I forget the names because the pistol shrimp name, like I said earlier was just outpolled everything else we did. So it ended up just becoming, I don't need to be a rocket scientist to figure this out. Yeah. No matter what, damn it, whether they're little league age kids, whether they're kids in their twenties that we want to come out to, 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 to take in a game and have a beer or the retired generation that you know, it, it just, it was, it, it hit in all, all demographics. Yeah. Now I tell you when, when it's showing five to one, that's a nice problem to have. It's exactly. You just move ahead. <laughs> yeah. Cause I've seen other names that, you know, 50% of the vote and you're thinking, huh, is this, is this the right name to pick? Uh, but when it's five to one, you, you can't go wrong. So I've actually been to a, a game when you played up in Lyle yep. and I actually did a video on my YouTube page, ballpark hunter on YouTube. And, you know, I enjoyed it. I, um, I thought what are your it, views. Yeah. I thought, thank you. I thought it was a fun atmosphere and, it was a nice sized ballpark, but unfortunately, what prompted the move uh, to Peru? Was it mainly the pandemic or something uh, yeah. else? Yeah, no, no, it was a hundred percent that. Um, what I will, uh, what I will be uh, absolutely crystal clear on is mm-hmm. the folks at Benedictine were fantastic to us, and that was a great relationship. Unfortunately, with uh, with the pandemic, um, you know, everyone got shut down for 2020. Um, but but even in the, the fall of, of uh, going into the, the fall of 20, uh, the the county Department of Health, it, it put out for for safety guidance and said they were just not going to allow any fans at any of the college venues. So if you're a college, you can still play your spring sports. You can right even though parents and fans can't show up, you can still play a schedule and play other teams and get your college program in. But when you're a summer ball team and you're traveling on a charter bus and you can't charge a gate because no mm. fans are allowed and no concessions are allowed. Um, you know, we've got a $40,000 bus bill before, you know, the, the season even starts, we know we're going to have to face. So the school was fantastic. And they, you know, they said, look, we, we get it. 
you're not going to be able to play here because unfortunately with, uh, with uh, the COVID restrictions, there's just no way to do it. So our decision at that point was, our choice was pretty simple. We either have to take a pass on the season or we've got to find another place to play. So unfortunately, you know, the reality is COVID is the reason uh, we were forced to look for another venue. Yeah, no, understandable. That's uh, hit a lot of the venues that were on a, a college campus. So did you yeah. look to stay in the Chicago area or was it, how did Peru become the final destination? Yeah, so that's actually, uh, you know, I, I wish I could tell you there was a there was a deep analytical dive into that, but but the reality, Mark, is uh, once we realized we're going to have to look for another place to play or tell our 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 partners in the prospect league we need to take the season off. Uh, I literally got out Google Maps, got online Google Maps, and started going west on Highway 80. I got to get outside of DuPage County. Um, and started going west and looking for ball fields. And I see a ball field by an airport. I zoom down. It's got lights. We need lights. I see a couple okay. ballparks. Um, and uh, it's, it happens to be the city of Peru. Um, and it's the first place I came across that looked like it might work. So I'm on a fishing expedition. And this is literally one year ago today. Or one year ago this week is when this all happened. Uh, so I call the park and rec, the city of Peru, get a hold of the park and rec department, uh, get, get a call back from the park and rec director and, and, and say, you know, here, this, here's who I am. This is what I'm looking for. Uh, and, uh, and, he, and it was awesome. Uh, he said, I think this could work here. Let me talk to the mayor. And I said, okay, you, you got to talk to the mayor, but you got to give me a call back quick. Cause I'm, I got to keep looking. I got to make yeah. a decision. Calls me back within an hour and says, we want to make it happen. So um, we, we, my general manager and I, I flew out from California. My general manager came over from Aurora, met with the city, uh, and they said, let's, let's make a way to make it work. Um, and for me at that point, my goal was, I, I really haven't to say, to, to, to lose the 2020 season because of COVID, you know, I just felt awful for all those college guys that had their spring season taken away the summer season taken away. Um, if there's any way I could make it happen, I was going to make it happen. So I just wanted to be able to play and financially, I just, I just, I just want to break even or not, you know, just, I just, I just want to be able to play baseball and, and have some semblance of normal. Um, and that's, that's literally how I got to uh, Peru and the Illinois Valley. Uh, and the community just went out of their way to, and the business community stepped up to, to really make it happen for us. Yeah, I like to tell people that d that doesn't happen when you call up a city and say, hey, I'd like to play at your stadium or your field. And an hour later, you get the mayor OK in it. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, that that's truly, truly something unique, uh, because I've talked to Dennis several times. He's been trying to get teams in, in certain towns in Indiana. Yeah. And it, it's it's a long process, you know, it's, it's a struggle and it's, you know, it's just a lot of calling and waiting and, you know, it's, uh, it, it's tough. So for Peru to step in, that's, uh, that, that's truly a, a unique feat. Cause I don't think Peru has had a long history of any sort of organized ball or minor league baseball. Am I correct there? No, but yeah, they've never had organized ball or collegiate ball. It's, it's what I will tell you though is, and one of the reason it works is it's a, it's a baseball hotbed. I mean, I, from an outsider's view, uh, they mm -hmm. may disagree with me a little bit, but I kind of consider this area 
the line of demarcation between Cubs fans and Cardinals fans. Oh, oh boy. With some little bit of White Sox mixed in. I hope so. So you kind of got kind of the built in local fan rivalry from the professional side. Uh, but yeah, in terms of amateur baseball, they had, uh, there's a long history um, at the youth baseball level and the great states baseball program that uh, um, they've been running here for a number of years. So yeah, what I would tell you is it's a baseball hotbed on the amateur side, but they've never had um, anything, you know, they've never had an organized summer collegiate league uh, uh, to speak of. Yeah, definitely. So, so you're in Peru and you got the ballpark, but there's a little trick to that. It's not an actual ballpark. It's just a field and you allowed fans in free of charge last season, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, both the city of Peru, yeah. uh, the city of Peru. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, you know, that wasn't, again, if you go back to my earlier comment that my goal last year was I wanted to make sure we could play baseball. Just make for sure you play. Yeah. So, so the focus last year, and again, I have to give a lot of credit to the city of Peru. Um, they, you know, the, the conversation was about how do we allocate resources in a short amount of time? And my focus was, Let's make sure that we make that the field is a collegiate level, D1 level playable surface, right? And that's a conversation I can have with their coaches uh, and so forth. And, uh, and then we can worry about amenities outside the playing surface and, and do the best we can. Yeah. So the city did a lot. They rebuilt the mound, they rebuilt the plate, they, they, they brought in a lot of um, infrastructure to help the field. So uh, I checked the box there because the field from a playability standpoint was fantastic, okay. but, but you're right. It's not, it's absolutely not a typical prospect league stadium where you're playing in a stadium venue. Um, and, and obviously, you know, that's, that's the long-term goal, but, mm -hmm. but it is interesting when I have to tell you, there's a certain vibe when a community knows, Hey, this is completely new. Yeah. We know we're not a stadium. We know, you know, we're, 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 our, our facility, when you compare it to every other prospect league venue, is not a stadium. We get that, but they adopted us. This is our team. We're going to come out in our lawn chairs and we're going to support our club. Uh, and and from that standpoint, it actually creates a lot of atmosphere when people are pulling up the chairs and and interacting with the players. Um, obviously, we want to get to the point where you know, and we'll get to that point where we'll we'll have that taken care of. But um, in terms of being able to play, check the box, was the surface playing field, fantastic playing field surface. Uh, um, the city did everything we asked them to do. Uh, and, and like I said, it, uh, uh, for me, when players at the end of the season say, hey, coach, I got better, great league. I want to come back next year if I can. That, that's the, the tail of the tape for me. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes the, the main point of why this league exists is to develop these players Absolutely. Yeah. I, I know it's nice to have that minor league experience and, and I've been to several of the prospect leagues and they, they vary. You have bright new ones in Lafayette, you have makeshift ones in, in Alton, yep. which was, which was, I think a similar situation was a former kind of like a, a recreation field that they built some stands and added a few more uh, touches to it. But um, yeah. Yeah. In regards to a ballpark, where do you see yourself actually getting a ballpark? Or is you know, that work yeah, in progress? That, yeah, that's so. Um, first of all, there's uh, a local, uh, a local longtime resident made a huge donation to the city of Peru 
uh, to make improvements to the existing ballpark. Um, and you know, the, you know, the challenge there is, uh, we, you know, uh, we, at this point, everyone's heard about supply chain disruptions and Definitely. construction costs and, and yeah, not and, the best time was, to build a ballpark, <laughs> right? Not the best time. So, but, but that said, that's, that's going to happen. We're going to do the best we can. The city's going to yeah. do the best we can. Um, and, and so that the current venue will end up being a 2,500 seated venue uh, with, and they're pushing the fences out. They're doing, they're, they're doing all the right stuff. But uh, the long-term plan, I think, is even bigger than that. Um, I think there'll there'll be um, a, a a more permanent stadium at some point, uh, at some point in the future that that'll come along. Because that you know, from from a business owner standpoint, when I, when I look at the the first thing we have to evaluate is is this an area that can support a team um, year in and year out? Mm -hmm. And there's no question we're in an area that not only uh, do they support it? But it also fits in the prospect league footprint with the addition of, of Clinton, Iowa and Burlington, Iowa, when they got consolidated for yes. major league baseball, uh, we're in a much better location in Peru actually than we were even in Naperville, Lyle, you know, relative to uh, travel distance and so forth. So from a league standpoint, it, it, it is a perfect, perfect location for a prospect league team. Um, and, you know, the long-term plan is uh, at some point you're going to come back and you're going to be doing an opening day stadium review of the Prospect League Stadium and, and, and what that's going to be. So um, we're, we're excited. Um, I know there's some stuff uh, that's happening in the background that, that we can't really talk about oh, at this okay. point. But, um, but we're, we're, you know, we're looking to make, you know, and again, from the, the business standpoint is, we have a lot of businesses in the area that want to make a multi-year commitment. Um, so it's fair to them to say, Hey, pistol shrimp, do you have a long-term commitment to the area? And so for us to do that, we would like nothing more than to ink a deal uh, to say, yes, we're, we're here for the long run. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I'm looking at the map right now and yeah, you are close to, you know, the corn belters and you're, you guys are close to uh, the lumber Kings and, and the yep. bees it's it's yeah you're right it's a nice location you don't hit any of that chicago traffic or tollways yep and you know why not set your flag there and, and call it home it's uh looks like a nice so about a hundred thousand people in the area more or less yep. or just, yeah, yeah. Just that, from a metropolitan statistical area a little over a hundred thousand yeah yeah, yeah d definitely definitely a nice little spot so as you prepare for the 2022 season uh anything new to expect uh, at a shrimp's game, pistol shrimp? You know, uh, I, I will say yes, because it, it grows. So last year, again, obviously things got started late. So yes. there'll be more, you know, there'll be some more fun fan activities, some more theme nights that will factor into it. Um, you know, the, the unknown is how far we can get along in the construction project. Yes. Uh, and what, you know, what that'll look like. So that's a little bit of an unknown. Um, but, you know, I know like the, the, the city just actually re, uh, resodded the entire infield. Um, they're knocking out the press box. They're putting in permanent fold-back seats. And that's just a question of whether it'll get done, um, you know, depending on how, how late the winter goes, when they, can, mm -hmm. when they can break, you know, start pouring concrete and that kind of stuff. So, um, so that's a great question because I don't know what opening day is going to look like. No one really does. <laughs> Nobody does. What, uh, how much of a construction zone yeah. it's going to be. 
Well, we know, we know you guys are going to be playing, whereas Major League Baseball, yeah. we don't know. So yeah, it's uh, exactly. So exactly. this could be like so this could be like an organically created stadium on yes, sort of like hey, this is what it look like year one, year two. Sort of like yep. the old-fashioned stadiums of like Wrigley Field and Comiskey Park and all that. And, yeah. You know, they, yeah. They were – or Detroit's uh, Tiger Stadium. So that's kind of an exciting little aspect uh, to think that, you know, maybe in a few years – and correct me if I'm wrong, it's going to be everything – like whatever this stadium is going to look like when you reach that goal, it's going to be at the current location, correct? Uh, or maybe, yes, but yes, okay. yeah. Some of the, some of the stuff, some of those pieces may move around a little bit, but, okay. but in general, um, you know, I, I think that's, that's, that's pretty accurate, but yeah, it's, you know, we, uh, our players get this, our fans have been with us certainly get this is, uh, you know, for us, our, you know, our, one of our players favorite sayings is, you know, pistol, pistol shrimp. So it's, it's a lifestyle choice. <laughs> Scrimping ain't easy. And you, so you got to be able to roll with it, right? So part of our onboarding process with our players is here's who we are. Here's where we play. It's a great league. Our venue is this. Um, here's our expectations on how you get, you know, we're going to do things in the community. You're going to get better. And right. And so we, we, we try and do as much as we can on the front end that people aren't walking into a situation that they're like, whoa, I didn't know it was going to be this or it was going to be that, but they know what they're walking into. They're here for the right reasons. They understand that, okay, great. It's more than playing baseball. I'm going to do a podcast or I'm going to do a radio interview. And that's getting, so they're preparing for baseball beyond college. And the interns that we hire that are doing sports broadcasting or film production or media production, you know, and that's the thing that gets lost in a lot of this when you talk about summer collegiate baseball. It's not just the future baseball players that are hoping to play beyond college when you really start to unpack it, it's radio announcers, it's play-by-play guys, it's guys working the camera that want to be able to, you know, we get a lot of interns that are sports marketing majors because they need to have practical experience as part of their degree uh, and part of their program. And they want to go on and do it. So that for me is every bit as important as, uh, you know, just being able to get a guy a hundred at bats. Yeah, no, no, that, that was me about 20 some years ago interning for a sports team and, and trying to make it in the, in the industry somehow, but we didn't have podcasts and we didn't have these, uh, these social media pages where you can broadcast things. So, I mean, it, it's amazing how you guys can market yourself just uh, on the uh, social media aspect alone and the hashtag scripting ain't easy or what was another yeah, one I saw claw up. Yeah, fear the claw. Fear the fear claw. The claw. Fear the claw. See, th- those are just cool things you can do when you're called the shrimp. So, yep, sounds like yep. a lot of fun. Well, hey, I thank you for coming on here. Appreciate the time, uh, John. Uh, can you let the audience know where to find you online or when opening yep, days? Yeah, the easiest place is just is is our our website, uh, pistolshrimpbaseball.com, which has the links to all of our uh, social media. Uh, outlets uh, most of our it's interesting most of our fans hit us up via social media uh, but you know that's all located on on our on our website so we appreciate the support and if fans have suggestions whether it's theme nights uh, things we you know we could do better or fun things that they'd like to see we love those suggestions okay and then opening night is taking place opening nights can be june 1 we'll be on the road for opening nights our home opener will be june 2nd 
Okay. Anything planned for that night to look forward to? Um, you know, at this point, no, just, no. our schedule just came out. So we're kind of backfilling on, okay. we're, you know, we're signing up sponsors for theme nights, but uh, yeah, we don't have the guy. Although, you know what, if you, if you're offering, if you're willing to jump out of a plane and parachute in with the <laughs> ball, that's still available. <laughs> okay. Anybody who wants to jump out of a plane and uh, deliver a ball, contact uh, the pistol shrimps. Cause that's not going to be me. I am not doing that. <laughs> I'll, I'll dress up as the pistol shrimp mascot and entertain the kids. That's as far as oh, I'll go. Yeah, so, thank you. <laughs> all right. Hey, definitely uh, had a great time. Love the logo. Sporting my hat. If you can see it, I just love ordered it. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for the love. We appreciate it, Mark. Yeah. I mean, your hats are not that expensive. Be around 10 to 20, you know, discounted yep. hats are 10. I yep. think most hats are 20. Yep. Which is reasonable. I mean, that most. Is that's very reasonable and they're quality made. They're, they're not quality. Some, yeah. They're not some cheap hat that you're like, huh, who makes this? So check out their merchandise shop. It's uh, some great finds on there. And like I said, the colors, the logo uh, should be, should make anybody happy. All right. Well, I won't take much of your time. I appreciate uh, the conversation and best of luck this year. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate right. it. Take care. All right. That was John Jackamick. John Jackamick. I kept, saying his name wrong when we first uh, got on, but uh, great interview. I appreciate that. And like I said, the, the pistol shrimp experience, I have not been out to, uh, to the Illinois Valley to see a game, but I got to imagine that is not your normal summer collegiate or minor league experience. So what I would like to say is that maybe in a few years you you have a funky little stadium that is quirky in design and has that home field advantage and is beloved by many in the area. So I uh, want to thank everybody for listening tonight. This has uh, become a little fun odyssey for me, uh, being able to contact individuals from teams that I have an interest. You know, I brought uh, John on here because I was fascinated by the pistol shrimp. I like their logo. I wanted to talk to him. I wanted to find out more about his team, who created the logo. Why did he pick the name? So appreciate you guys listening. Check out my stories on stadiumjourney.com, the industry leader in sport venue reviews. We have well over about 4,000 of them right now across the world. Uh, if you're looking at going to a specific venue, check out Stadium Journey. Type in the name of the team or the name of the stadium, and you'll have some great pictures and some great info about that, where to stay, where to eat, what to do, what not to do, how to save money as well on tickets. So until we talk again, check me out at Ballpark Hunter on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Plenty of great video content of my experiences the last 10 years are on there. You can tell because some of those videos, my beard is a lot browner than the little patch of gray I'm getting right now. So until we talk again, stay safe, be careful. Adios. We'll see you next time.